This is Hard Parking brought to you by Right Honda and Right Toyota, Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning. If you haven't checked out the most recent episode with NSX Master Tech out of Wisconsin, John Vasos, you really need to check that one out. I've probably listened to that one 15 times. I don't know why. I don't know why I listen to it so much. I know it hit home with a lot of people, especially a lot of current NSX owners. John has stage four mesothelioma. He is on borrowed time, and I hopefully was able to capture the pure essence of who John Vassos is. He's still with us. He should be coming out here in a few weeks, and uh, I hope he does. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Becca Nicole. Becca Nicole Johnson is NSX Bay on social media. She's gone through a lot of things. She had something very hor- horrific, horrifically I don't even know the words, heinous. She had something very heinous happen to her when she was in seventh grade, and she's going to share that with us. And it's kind of altered her her life course, but she's making the best of it. And I think she's she's bounced back in a major inspirational way. That's coming up after this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's Four Wheel Online, the number four wheel online. This conversation is brought to you by the Cell Shop, an Arizona-based retailer that strives to be your destination of choice for wireless services, whether Arizona or Washington State. They are an authorized AT&T dealer. So visit them at cellshop.us and get connected today. It is my pleasure to bring to you NSX Bay, Becca Nicole Johnson. First off, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. Um, definitely running on about four hours of sleep after celebrating my girl's birthday last night. But awesome. we're not going to miss this interview for the world. <laughs> so let's talk about like tell tell me a little bit about who you are, and then we'll kind of get into because I want to talk about you know your NSX obsession, your online you know status, your your plans for your rap that we're going to talk about. Um, and just social media in general, because the, you've, you've been through a lot of things and you show us a lot of things and that's what I want to talk about. So give us a little, kind of a little overgloss on who you are. Well, hello everyone. I am Becca Nicole Johnson. I am 25 years old and born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Now Nashville, Tennessee is home. However, um, I've been very culturized because I've actually gotten to live in Japan for on and off for about four years. Same with the Philippines, on and off for four or two years, and gotten to travel all across the United States. So um, I really love. I'm a big foodie person. I travel to eat. I eat to travel, and cars make up a very large portion of my life, and that does stem from my father but a little bit on the different spectrum. He uh, is a big muscle guy, antiques, classics, things like that. 
And when I turned 16, I told him I was going to go rogue and went to the dark side of the land of JDM cars and things like that, which didn't help getting to grow up and see those types of cars in Japan. So um, I was I was going to be there no matter what, just based off of that um, exposure that I had. Um, along with that, I, a little bit of what I do on a day-to-day ba- basis. I am a senior data analyst for an e-commerce company, so I work from home. I have a lot of time on my hands, and with that time on my hands, I'm usually doing, once again, car things, uh, really big into fitness and health, and that's all things health, food, exercising, mental, emotional, all of that good stuff. And then I travel. I travel everywhere with my little dog. I have a little five-pound shih tzu and um, gardening. Uh, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I have 72 plants. And so I have no children. I'm a dog mom and I am a plant mom. (laughs) Man, I have some stuff to unpack there. So first off, how did that conversation go? Dad, I I love this Camaro. I love this Mustang. I love all these, these Chevelles and all that kind of stuff. I want a Japanese car. Okay. So the stigma definitely came from when I'm with my dad and my dad is this certain age group and everywhere I'm going with him, the only people I'm seeing with these type of cars. And, um, I'm definitely don't like to generalize this, but this was growing up here in, you know, the Southern part of the U S if you had a really nice antique, vintage classic muscle car you were a alpha white 50 plus male that's fair and, no that's fair <laughs> and um i and it, there was just a certain type of standard and it wasn't that anyone was snooty or it was a bad scene it just wasn't i wasn't the fit for it because who's going to take an old an old Chevelle or an old Mustang that is absolutely pristine and begin doing things to it, changing the seats, changing the carpet, changing things in the engine bay and getting rid of that originality on a car that everybody wants to keep original. Mm. I just did not find myself being a good fit for that. And then uh, initial D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> initial <yep>. D. <laughs> that, that I, I, and I, you know, I'm already into the whole anime and the manga thing growing up just because of my, the influence of Japan on me. And then I saw initial D and I'm like, clap my hands. That's all she wrote. Started looking up what that car was in initial D and then what other cars followed suit. What are some legends? And then we just went from there. But how, what was the reaction though? Was it like, okay, okay, sweetie. And and you mentioned when you're with your dad or your, are your parents separated? Yes. Yes. My, my parents been separated since I was like two or three. Okay. So how was that conversation? Was it like, okay, okay, sweetie, you can, you can do this. Or it's like, what the hell? So the first car that I got, my dad bought me a 2003 Ford Focus SVT. Mm-hmm as my first car and it was pretty quick and peppy, but it was a Ford man. Like (laughs) it was a Ford focus and it was a Ford focus. And you know, of course I'm not going to complain. It's my first car. They were kind enough to even buy me a car. So it definitely was not going to complain. 
but I definitely put in triple the work, um, working part-time my senior year in high school. And as soon as I got all that money built up, my first true real car was a 1998 Honda Prelude SH. Okay. All right. And, um, and so I'm like, you can't beat a Honda. You can beat on it. And it just, it's gonna, it's just gonna still travel the entire world with no issues. So he wasn't upset. He thought I was silly. That's the best lack of terms. He thought I was silly on not wanting to pursue the muscle path, but he definitely respects the fact that some of my cars that I've owned and I've built, I absolutely walked his ass on the drag strip. So the respect there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ford Focus kind of went through this thing where it was just like the, like the, they were the sporty cars. Then they were almost like the, like a Hyundai Accent, a Hyundai Sonata, where they're kind of like the compact family entry level car. Then they went away. Then they came back, like in the, you know, 2016 to whatever they did. And then there were these super sporty little hatches. And I think they're done now. It's just funny. It's like, here's your Ford Focus. We love you. You need to stay in the muscle car game. It's like, yeah, but dad, you got me a Ford Focus. Like, what am I doing here? And then another funny thing about that, that 98 Prelude SH, I'm a lot older than you are. I remember wanting that car badly when it first came out. Couldn't afford it. So then I said, well, let me get, if I can't afford that, let's look at the Honda Accord because that was like the, the, the body styles of the Accords that everyone liked too, the Coupe and the Ford are. Couldn't afford that. And as funny as it sounds, I was forced to basically get a Acura Integra GSR or <gasps> or nothing oh else. So looking back, it's like, it's funny. That was my third option. Although, you know, obviously the Prelude SH is was iconic and it still is iconic. But I feel like looking back now at those three cars, it's the Integra GSR without question. Then the prelude, and then shit on me for even wanting that accord. <laughs> okay, I have to agree. I'm I uh, like I love the Honda Prelude, and just a fun little fact about me: I've actually owned nine Preludes. Holy I, Moses! Yes, so I've owned uh, four third gens, which is the 1988 to 1991 version. It's a third gen with a flip up headlights. Yep. I've had. Uh, four of those. I've also had, um, I imported a right-hand drive 92 four-wheel steer SI from Japan. I remember those. And we still have that one to this day. And then I have had, actually I have more than I thought. Oh my gosh, hold up. Um, and then I've had one, two, three, four, five, five 98 to 01 preludes. Nice. So that's 10. Okay. I was right on the money then. Um, I've had a lot of cars and it's hard to keep up sometimes, but Prelude is definitely always going to have a soft spot in my heart because it was my first car. It was the car I learned how to start working on. It was the car that I built and it introduced me into the car scene and sure aftermarket parts and how to mod your car and how to not mod your car. Um, don't wear, don't use speaker wire for um, hooking up subs. Yeah. That 16 year old Becca being stupid. <laughs> Sounds like something I would have done. 
I learned real quick whenever I smelled something burning and I was like, oh, nope, mm -mm, turn it off. Yeah, I've blown, I've, I've melted wires, like trying to like customize and make shit. Let's talk about Japan and your world travels. It's just how, how did you end up everywhere before you came back home? Yes. So my mom was the CEO of a medical transcription company and mm. she had a lot of offshore accounts in Japan, Philippines, Taiwan, and South Korea. And this will definitely um, ease into our conversations a little bit about sure. my mental health um, journey. But basically, as a really young child, my mom being a single mom, I came along with her. And then during a the toughest period of my life, I got to really enjoy being homeschooled and traveling with my mom overseas. So what age was that? I'm, I'm curious. Living on and off Japan and the Philippines, like I said, totality of time, we could say from the ages of four to 12. I got to really enjoy through those years traveling the world, getting to see the world a few months at a time in each country and really enjoy and get in depth with that culture. And I always say it and people go, you're crazy. I would do anything to go back to Japan as an adult now. And that the, I've already talked to my company. I can work full-time remotely. We have a VPN set up. They're trying to get over into Japan. We're in 27 countries and they're actively looking to get into Japan. And it's very as simple as this. If they get into Japan, I'm offering to go. I'm selling everything that I own but my NSX and I'm going. I need to yeah. link you up with, and, and I know you've seen him online, but I don't know if you know his Japan story. Do you know John and Naya's Japan story? No, I, I do not. Okay, I'll link you guys. John just moved back from Japan as an adult working there. Um, he worked a lot with what you're familiar with Mita Motorsports. He worked a lot with Mita Motorsports and he also taught school, but from an adult perspective, I think that's a, that would be a really good conversation to have because when you're, when you're telling me about the age that you traveled, the lens that we see things, as you know, is it's a completely different world than as an adult. And that's not to, you know, dissuade you, but just to be like, there's somebody that we know in our small NSX community that just came back from Japan, I think after five years, I think that'd be kind of a cool link up. Yes. I would love to see it. I would love to see it in the lens of an adult. I just, I'm so engrossed with the actual traditional style of the culture, the lineage, the history, everything. I'm not just one of those. I don't want to go to Japan because I like the cars and right. anime. No, 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 no. I've, I, I am in there. I, I actually collect old vintage collectibles from Japan. I've got a really cool original Oni mask that is from 1910. And then I also have a, a Salaran, I think I'm saying that correctly, a Salaran sword, which is from 1890. Wow. So yes, I'm very engrossed with the culture and I actually know how to read a little bit of kanji and can do the hiragana as well. That's awesome. As a foodie, really into personal health and everything, what is the most overrated health food? Things they try to push. Like years ago, I was on this huge kale kick, and I ate kale every day. I had the 
what's it, the Whole Foods kale salad, the good one, and I ate this shit like every fucking day. But then I don't think I've had a kale salad in four years. Gotcha. Okay. So very, very bluntly, I do not follow trends. Um, anyone listening to this, if you're doing keto and if it works for you, congratulations. Just letting you know the moment you get off that keto diet, you're going to gain your weight back plus even more. Keto is not healthy for your heart. It's not healthy for your kidneys. And if people want to know, keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet. And one of my girlfriends, she successfully lost 40 pounds. She's kept it off, but she's staying on the keto diet. And the food she eats is disgusting. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I don't mean that in like, oh, it's a gross food. I just cannot sit here and imagine eating sweet foods all day long, every day for the rest of my life. I just, I, I cannot see that. Um, I'm a sweet and savory type of girl and eat things in moderation. Our bodies are not meant to eat once a day, twice a day, or three times a day. I eat 10 plus times a day. I eat every two hours on the dot. And it's like I'm snacking all throughout the day. At the very beginning of the week, I usually cook on Sundays. I proportion out everything. I make my snack meals. And that fuels your body. That fuels your brain. That fuels your cells. It allows your metabolism to stay running consistently. Whereas if you eat three times a day, your metabolism isn't running at all until you eat that food. And then it's going to run slow because your body mm -hmm. thinks that you're starving itself. So I say eat everything in moderation, but I will say now this, pork is not a healthy substance to put in your body at all. I know it's delicious. We love pulled pork. We love ribs. We love pork chops. It is actually one of the worst things to eat because of the red blood enzyme in that pork. And I will just give so you an example. Good. If you eat, if you eat uh, a pork chop right now, it is going to actually take three months for all of that pork to come out of your body because no it gets shit. lunged in your intestinal tract. It causes inflammation of the intestinal tract. That's what causes causes you to get bloated, constipated, and and all those other things. So. If anyone asks me what is something I do not eat and I have not ate in years, and that is pork. No exceptions? Not even bacon? I know, I know it's pork. I know it's pork. It's I eat like, turkey ooh. bacon. I eat turkey bacon. I will not eat pork. After learning the serious side effects that pork can do, mm. and everyone can go read up on this. I am in no shape or form a nurse or doctor or anything of the sort. But if you can go look up the negative impact that pork can do to your body, it may change your mind on how much pork chops, ribs, bacon that you are eating because it is bad, significantly bad for your health. Here at this house, like we always eat ground turkey. And I think for people who don't have ground turkey, it sounds foreign and weird. But I was eating like my mother-in-law, she lives with us. She, she always browns up some ground turkey puts all the seasonings in it, 
and makes rice and I mix it into a bowl like rice hot dish, except for it's not, and this is beef, so we're not talking about beef, but you know, that just kind of reminded me of like substituting stuff out and mentally for people it's, it's foreign to them. So it sounds like it wouldn't be good, but you almost don't notice it anymore. And so when I'm eating ground turkey and rice, or we have ground turkey in our tacos, or we have ground turkey in our enchiladas, and, like, this is all we eat now. It's like, I don't even remember the last time. Oh, when we make hamburgers. Other than that, I don't know the last time we cook with even ground beef. I We are the same way. Ground turkey is our substitute for ground beef. Um, we actually only, same thing, we only eat beef with hamburgers and or steak. Um, we're not really using ground beef in the household for any reason at all. One last food question before we get into the no pun intended meat of this. You mentioned Nashville. I have to go here, especially because we just ordered some food last night. Nashville hot chicken. Is it just like everywhere so much you don't care about? Or is it like, oh no, this is a thing. Everybody who's coming to town, this is where we're going to go to, you know, Gus's or somewhere else. Okay. 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 If, if you are coming to Nashville, Tennessee, and you want some good food, and I mean the epitome of Tennessee and good service every time, great piping hot food, Hattie B's Chicken has that Nashville hot chicken. It was founded and started in Memphis, Tennessee, made its way over to Nashville. If you were looking for some damn good chicken, Hattie B's Chicken. Hattie B's Hot Chicken. Yes. If you want the best burger of your life that's been on many TV shows, many magazines, the Pharmacy Joint. They are insane. I'm talking burgers the size of your face. They've got veggie burgers, Greek burgers, um, salsa burgers, like every weird concoction you can think of, they've got it. And they have one of the largest beer cider gardens in all of Nashville. Highly recommend. And last but not least, my absolute all-time favorite restaurant. I've been going there at least once every other week for the past three years, the Urban Grub. And I mean, the absolute best steak, seafood, uh, drinks, service, the vibe, everything about the restaurant you're going to love. It's more of an upscale restaurant, not the most expensive there ever is and not the least expensive, but the Urban Grub. If you want real good food, you have to go to the Urban Grub. Perfect. Okay, well, let's talk about you. A few months ago, you had posted about your mental health awareness and you wanted to, are you, are you still planning on, oh, you probably are, using your car as kind of the canvas, the public canvas to kind of bring more awareness to people. It's not just mental health in the car community, but that's kind of why you're on here is because the car community, I found that from you. But tell me a little bit about your mental health journey. Tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of what's happened to the best of your abilities and then you know, we'll get into the car and the meaning of the car as well. Absolutely. So let's uh, take a few years back. Let's rewind time. Let's go back to when I was 11 years old. At 11 years old, I was living in Jolton, Tennessee. 
and I was uh, attending a private Christian school. And I went to this private Christian school for fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, partial of seventh grade. Now, going to the school, it was great. It was challenging. It was more advanced. Everyone got along fourth, fifth, sixth grade. It was a fabulous environment. Seventh grade comes around. And now once you're in seventh grade, they actually mingle seventh grade all the way to seniors. So it's seventh grade to 12th grade, your senior year. And it just, it was, it was odd. Everybody, nobody talked to anyone anymore. It was just a very odd environment. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if it's the hormones. I don't know. It's lunchtime. I need to go to the restroom. 13 students followed me into the restroom. And every single one of them stabbed me with mechanical pencils. Holy shit. Um, threw bleach all over me, ripped up my, my backpack, my books, which if you are familiar with private Christian school, those are not provided to you. You have to pay for them. So I was stabbed, bleach thrown on me, some other sort of cleaning chemicals thrown on me. My clothes were ripped. I was thrown into the toilet stall. I was beat up and I was shoved into the toilet. Um, I have no idea why. I am 25 now. I still vividly remember every minute of that. And I have no idea why. So after that happened, I went to the nurse. Of course, everybody wants to know what happened, but I was severely injured. Sure. I had to be taken to the hospital. They removed over 300 pieces of lead in my arms and in my back. I had uh, severe chemical burns all over my body from where the Clorox bleach, whatever all that it was that they threw on me, was stayed on my skin for so long. And my hair, because it was um, dyed with highlights, my hair went green. And some of it actually fell out because it was recently dyed in the past couple of days. Obviously, with something happening to that, you know, that nature, my family was on that shit like a fly. And involved the local police department, went down to the school, and it's as simple as this. And this is where everybody listening is going to drop their jaw. There were no cameras. And so because there were no cameras, there, were, there was no refutable proof of who followed me into the bathroom. Even though I had a previous yearbook and I circled who did what to me, they called those 13 students collectively as a group and individually to speak to them. And every single one of those students stated they had no idea who I was and what I was talking about. So when you have 13 individuals stating they don't know what I'm talking about and don't know who I am versus my one word, you can't determine blame. Even though I was physically assaulted, I was hurt, I was injured, no finger could be pointed. And so because of that, there was no case. 
uh, criminally. There was no case. Along with that, it came down to my mom and the school that I went to. Instead of those students being expelled, which each student is $650 a month in tuition, who do you think was the one that had to be removed from the school? You. The 13 students that did what they did or one student. So I, on paper, was released from the school. Not expelled, nothing like that. But I was released because I was considered the problematic child. Now, mind you, I made straight A's at a 4.0. I was also playing all the sports. And I also led the Bible study. So as a child, I've now been physically assaulted by 13 people. I've been kicked out of a school that was my home. And the people that did what they did to me were not being reprimanded. I could not comprehend what was going on. And I ended up developing immediate PTSD from what happened. I could not sleep. I was terrified of mechanical pencils and the sound of a mechanical pencil. And I had to be put on a medication at the time to ease my anxiety. And that's all it was there for was for my anxiety. Well, as time went on, I was placed into homeschooling and it, they, these people followed me. Um, they somehow knew my address. Uh, there was disgusting things put in the mailbox. MySpace was a thing of the time. Fake accounts were made with my face on animals and disgusting things happening with those animals. Um, and, and it, the list just goes on. And so it, it just got worse and worse and worse to the point where I could not understand what was going on. And I thought everyone and anyone hated me and I was not meant to be here anymore. So as simple as I went into my parents' medicine cabinet and I took every single pill that was in that cabinet. And then I went into the bathroom And I slit both my wrists. And fortunately, my dog at the time somehow knew something was wrong, barked, and would not stop barking. My mom found me, immediately rushed me to the hospital, had to have my stomach pumped, and I had to get stitches on my arms. And from that moment forward, um, I was diagnosed with what had happened to me, I had a uh, trauma, like PTSD, mm-hmm. trauma, um, anxiety, depression, anger, like all, all the things, all the things. Yeah. And so it wasn't that I was placed in a mental hospital, nothing like that. Because of my age and what I went to, what I went through, I was sent away for about it was like a month, month and a half to a camp. And this camp is all for kids under the age of 17 who have experienced very traumatic life situations. So um, rape, uh, kidnapping, um, assault, 
just anything of that sort. And it was a place to where we could be safe, be taught up our social skills again, uh, gardening, planting, crafts, arts, still do normal school and everything like that. And I was there for a while and I am so thankful for that camp every day to this day because it built me back up to where I would not see the negative part of life. I would not view, oh, this person I just met is going to hurt me or social anxiety. It helped me channel my ways of anger, sadness as a child. And it still works to this day as a grown adult. That's probably why I love plants. I was going to ask, are plants your coping mechanism maybe? Yes. So plants provide more oxygen as well as if you get the right type of plants, they actually can absorb uh, salt. And salt is actually what can hold negative energy and negative feelings. So if you have enough plants in your house, it can not only clear your air, but it can also provide a more lively home. So I'm in my living room right now and I can see just in an eye shot, 11 plants hanging around my house. So yes, gardening, planting, those are my peaceful coping mechanisms. So if I'm ever stressed, I will garden. If I ever feel overwhelmed with anything, I garden. And if I have, I already have too many plants. So typically what I'll do is I'll take a clipping off of one of my plants, go buy a very plain clay vase and I will paint it and I'll give it to one of my friends. That's my way of giving to others as well as just coping kind of with myself and what I've been through. But that moment definitely changed me forever to where I do not care about the opinions of others for me. They do not pay my bills. They do not run my life. And at the end of the day, I am going to do whatever I like with whomever I like, however I please, because we only have one life and by God, I'm going to live it to the fullest. And so I will always be smiling. I will always be silly and a goofball. I'm very loud. I am a huge extrovert. And some people love me. Some people hate me. It's fine. There's seven plus billion people on this planet. You cannot please everyone. That would be impossible And so with that being said, that moment that happened to me as a child, I hated that it happened to me. However, I am so thankful that it happened to me because it allowed me to really mature at a younger age to be able to be the successful person that I am today. There's a lot of people who don't bounce back from that. So that happens when you're 11. How much time has elapsed from the incident to when you tried to take your own life? Well, the sad thing is, I don't know how you could categorize me because even though I did what I did, I actually coded. So I actually did die mm-hmm. from um, what I did. And 
I can say what happened happened, I mean, right when the school year started. That was August. I left right at the beginning of September. And I did what I did in November. Okay. So I was in a very, I mean, think of the darkest depths of black hole. Sure. September, November, three months, and then really struggling for probably two years. Because I stayed homeschooled for two years. And that's Mm -hmm. when I really got to experience travel the way that I did. And I got to really be cultured and meeting a bunch of different people, how they act, how they react, you know, language barriers and everything like that for two years. And that was between the ages of 11 and 13. So I definitely, looking back on it, three, four months of just the absolute, just being in hell, just absolute hell. And then after that, probably a year to two years of real struggling, but never giving up type of um, person that I was. So let's, let's go back in a sense. So what was the theories here? Like, what were the thought? Like, what did, what did, what were people thinking happened? Like you just made it up or is it just impossible for you to blame the people who did it? Cause I would have to assume you had wounds on your body that were consistent with the thought that you couldn't have done it to yourself. Like you can't There's reach around no the way. back and stab yourself on the base of your back type of deal. Correct. Everyone knew that something happened. There is no, there is no doubt about it. I had bruises on the back of my body that I would not <clears throat> be able to reach. I had lead in places that I physically cannot reach. Um, and so it, it was a whole ordeal because the school refused to accept it. Then the school was like, oh, well, maybe something's going on at home. And so then there was an investigation. Right. Home. It, it was a whole. So just imagine the amount of tension in that type of toxic environment that was happening for months with investigations, police, the school getting kicked out. People coming to the house, people questioning my character, people questioning my mom. Sure. I tell you, my family, no one has ever laid a hand on me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's the story just about. That's awful, obviously. So today, 25, I, had, I have questions for you about social media because one of the things is, and you've basically answered them there, but there's there's the attitude where it's like, I've been through enough shit. Fuck the world. I don't care what anyone has to say because we shouldn't care. But in, and you experienced it from an early age in the world of social media, it's just, and I've talked to a good friend of mine about this because he had, he's, he's posted stuff and it's gone viral in a good way, but with, you know, viral comes praise and it also comes criticism from keyboard commandos, right? People who have no idea who you are, make up these ideas just they have they live to talk shit they live to chop people down having what happened to you you know like on myspace moving into the current era of instagram and facebook because i I, you have to be like most people you have to be getting the bullshit and as a woman in the car community who put yourself out there you know your 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 weight transformation photos which I commend, I can't do that. And I've seen a lot of people do it. And every time someone does it, I'm like, man, you're so brave. But 
you know, has there even been times where social media has kind of gotten the best of you and you've had to take, take a step back and reevaluate kind of where you've been in life and then you push forward again, knowing what you've been through? I know this sounds so crazy. Once you've gone through the most traumatic experience you can go through and you've been at the lowest point in your life and then you get to the point where you are at the highest point of your life and you are making an actual change for those around you and you're leaving an impact. If, if you are confident in yourself and the relationships around you, the words of these keyboard warriors do not mean anything. And trust me, I've gotten some of the most horrendous feedback after I decided to do something I've been dying to do for years. And that was I cut my hair and I got a 1980s perm (laughs) because I am obsessed with the style from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And when people meet me in person and they see how I'm smiling and laughing and I, I literally fit the era to a T wearing the type of clothes and everything, they're like, that suits you. Oh my gosh, you are like literally a time capsule. But then I have the folks that they're your typical cookie cutter person that thinks that you have to hit every single one of these points in this timeline, look a certain way, act a certain way. And as soon as I did just my hair, they got so upset because I permed my hair. And I'm just over here with the mentality of, it's just hair. It grows back. Yes. It's just hair. I mean, I've shaved my head before for my best friend who had cancer. Shaved it. People thought I was crazy. I don't care. I did it to do it. I've also, when you brought up my weight loss, when I lost 190 pounds and I lost it so quickly, my body could not handle that type of change. All of my hair fell out. I also shaved my head. So people look at my hair growth, my hair now. I had hair down past my shoulders. And that grew after I got on some vitamins that grew in a year and a half. I'm not worried about my hair. It is temporary. My hair is temporary. If I don't like my perm, big whoop, I'll just grow it out for a year and then it'll be, we'll be back to normal again. So, but I love my hair. I love my hair. It looks good on you. I mean, I can't imagine you honestly with any other hair. And maybe that's the problem with people is they can't imagine people with any other hair, but like I, it just, I don't know. It fits you. It fits your online persona. It fits your persona that I'm talking to you right now. It just fits you. So to answer your question of, have I ever needed to take a step back from social media? The answer is no. And I don't have the attitude of F you, F you too. I'm going to do me. I don't care what you do. It's not like that. It's the simple fact of, I want everyone to eat. But that does not mean I want everyone to eat at my table. Mm, I like that. So if you don't like me, 
that's fine. That's fine. Once again, 7 billion people on this planet. I am not trying to please you. I am here for me, my family, my close friend group, and God. At the end of the day, it's about me taking care of me. And when my time is up, I've made God proud. I do not care what you think of me. You can kiss rocks. Like, I really don't. And so for anyone out there listening, if you are in a headspace of you're trying to please everyone, you can't. You are not going to win that battle. And stop doing that battle. Don't even have that battle with yourself because that is literally going to knock you off your spirit. That is going to get you off the path you are driven to be on and to go on. Focus on yourself. Don't worry about the flies that are swarming around you trying to figure out what you do. Because everybody in this world that is a nobody wants everybody else to be a nobody and to fail. And the moment you start picking up speed and you start succeeding and you are at the top, you will genuinely know who are your real friends because they will support you every step of the way. Do you find it's easy for you to to make new friends? Easy. (laughs) Super, super easy. Because of that Um, personality, because of that attitude, I think. So one of the things I get told by my closest friends, and this is not a joke, they'll say, Becca, we love you. We love hanging out with you. But by God, when we go to a car show, we ain't walking with you because every 10 feet you're being stopped by people. And that, and you know what? I, I thought they were exaggerating. So at the first, the first Saturday of every month here, we have a massive cars and coffee. It's, you know, exotics on exotics, it's Hondas, it, it's huge. There's probably around 6,000 cars that show up. It's a massive factory lot. So it, it, it's insane. And they told me and I was like, okay, and I'll see. I'll see if, if what you're saying is true. And so this girl literally had a ticker in her hand. I am not That's even funny. And she goes, Becca, I'm going to walk with you. Every time someone walks up to you, gives you a hug, wants to talk to you about you, your car, or your new style, I'm going to click this button. And so she did it. And sure enough, I kept track. And I would say that the average that I could walk at this car show was 10 feet before being stopped. And her clicker on the thing by the end of the day was around 900. That's hilarious. And so... I get told a lot, I'm very likable, I'm very approachable, um, I'm very friendly. I know how most people out there, they have like that rusting bitch face. No, I'm genuinely smiling all the time. I know I'm going to have smile wrinkles by the time I'm probably 30 in five years. But I'm always smiling. People come up to me, talk to me about the most randomest things. I don't know why, but they do. And I'm here for it. Let Let me rephrase that question then. Um, do you find it's difficult for you to let people in? Yes. So everyone will always get the same version of me. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Male, female, old, young. I'm always going to be happy, loud, goofy, silly. But in the sense of me fully allowing you in, you get to know my life struggles. I tell you some secrets. That 
takes time. And that, and I've just, I've been burned throughout the years on some good friendships. And so now I would say it's not that I'm traumatized. I'm very reserved on who I'm going to give that special time with one-on-one. You know, I can go to a car show and talk to anybody and everybody, but I'm talking about, I take an hour out of my day to go have lunch with you. Um, You need me. I'm there for you. If I need you, I call upon you. So that's one thing I struggle with and I struggle with to this day. And everybody knows I never ask for help. I always take everything on myself and I get it done. There's sometimes I get overwhelmed, but I just, I fight through it. And I look at it as I'm being very independent, but I get told by my family, my boyfriend, my friends are like, Becca, you don't have to be 100% independent. You can actually rely on those that are in your circle. And I'm working on that. I'm actively working on that, but I'm just so used to doing everything myself. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I think that uh, it's good that you are more guarded and more careful on who to let in based on past experiences. And I think for most people, hopefully, you know, they learn those lessons, you know, because you are this incredible extrovert, but you are probably very introverted when it comes to being close to the vest, as you, I, I, I would, I would say that you should be. And um, so I think it's, you know, and then wanting to do everything on your own or not asking for help. I think that's, that's pretty normal, which is a good thing because then you just become that person that always needs something. <laughs> and like, we always have those people. Yes. I will tell you this right now. I am all about diversity. My friend group is, we are powerhouses in our own individuality type of way. So my best friend, she is, Puerto Rican and Jamaican mixed. She just got her master's degree in education and she is 26 years old and about to be a principal. Like I'm not even kidding you already principal of a high school. And I congratulate her. I got another girlfriend. She's Cuban. So like everyone in my, I've noticed my entire friend group is a lot of different ethnicity and we are all powerhouses and we respect each other. We respect our time together. We never put each other down, but we also know how to speak up and say, if what you're doing, like a life decision, if it's a bad life decision on what you're making, because everyone needs to be accountable for their actions. And if you have good friends, they will hold you accountable to keep you on the right track. 100%. um, I've been held accountable and I will fight back, but then it's like, Yeah, you're right. And so definitely, like you said, I've got a real good, strong inner group. And this inner group I have, they are not car people. They are not the car scene. They don't know anything about cars, but they are my group of people where if I am on my deathbed, I call them up, they're there. So you recently posted about getting a uh, a full sleeve this year? Yes, 422. Is that, is that this upcoming Friday? Yes, I am getting two pieces on Friday. And then I want to wait two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, however long it takes for it to fully heal. Then I'm going to go back get two more pieces done and fill in all the empty space on the lower part of my left arm. But then the big one, whew, I talked with him 
It's going to be two sessions, 12 hour, 12 hour sessions a piece for my whole upper left part of my arm. Are you able to disclose what that uh, is, or is this going to be a future, like a big surprise? Oh, no, absolutely. I love traditional and neo-traditional style tattoos. So everything I'm getting done literally represents a part of my life. So what I'm getting done next Friday, it is going to be an open suitcase. And in the background, it's going to have a scenery scene from Japan. It's going to have Fiji Mountain with some sakura blossoms and a temple. On the side of the suitcase, it'll have the Japan flag. And then the part where it's open, it's going to have some key essentials in the suitcase that represent like what I must always have if I travel. And then I'm getting a floral design that represents my zodiac sign, um, which is a Virgo. But my main piece is going to be a woman and it will be me. It will be my face. Half of half of me will be Cherokee Indian and the other half will be Irish because my lineage is my mom's side is 100% Cherokee Indian. They even have their cards. That's awesome. And then my dad's side is 100% Irish. And I want the two of them to be on me to represent who I am as an indiv- individual. Yeah, I, I think tats personally, I think tats should mean something more to you about your journey, maybe about your family. Because there's a lot of people get family tats. There's a lot of people get miscellaneous tats. My daughter just got a tat on the back of her leg. I think it's uh, some musician. Like I think she's getting Bad Bunny or something. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? But whatever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I mean, others like I have, I have really good friends that, I mean, we talked, you know, offline earlier about movies, you know, and MCU. And one has a full MCU sleeve. He and his wife are just crazy, you know, Marvel people. And my other buddy has a, you know, Wes Tankersley has a full DC sleeve. He's just a DC fanatic. And I think people are like, well, why would you put comics or why would you put stuff like that on you? But it like, it, it means so much to us. And I think it, as long as it means so much to you, regardless of what that thing is, like you can't convince me that my daughter's tattoo means anything to her. I think it's just, she's decided to do it. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? But like, obviously your tattoos mean so much to you and your journey and their tattoos mean so much to them in their journey. And I'm not telling people what they can and can't put on their body. I just think it's more special when it actually means something a little more. Yes. And I have, I'm so excited because everything I'm getting done on this sleeve will literally be a representation. And I do want it to be known now. I don't, I know you're going to be like, you're crazy, but with how high my obsession is of the NSX and how much I know about that car and how much that car has changed my life, I'm probably going to get an outline of the NSX. And I'm, I'm going to come up with a really incredible design um, to do with the NSX and get it also tattooed. Because I will tell you now, I will never not have a NSX. Well, it's going to be on you, even if you don't have one in real life. <laughs> You know, I don't think you're crazy because actually because actually one of my really really good friends has an NSX silhouette tattooed on his calf with NS, with the letters NSX inside of it. Oh my gosh, that is so badass. 
and people think he's probably nuts, but I'm like, dude, I mean, he's, it's, it's everything to him. If it's everything to you or, you know, represents a certain part of your life of, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, I get it. So, no, I don't think you're crazy for that. Let's transcend that over to your actual NSX. Tell us about your actual NSX and this awesome wrap that you are. Are you still, you're still in the, in the phases of designing it or you fully designed it and now it's, it's about printing it and getting it done. Okay. So the NSX that I have right now, I'm getting really excited because I get super excited about this. Um, So the NSX that I have right now, just want to go ahead and let everyone know, this is not my first NSX. I actually had a 1994 Brooklyn screen, loved it, loved it dearly, nothing wrong with it. But you trade that with Gene? Correct. Correct. Um, Now I'm going to tell you why I traded and I'm going to try my best not to tear up. So a good buddy of mine called me up and he's like, Becca, I need you to go to the Patriot Chevrolet dealership in Hopkinsville. Why? Becca, don't ask questions. I need you to go up there. Honey, I'm not driving an hour away to the middle of nowhere to a Chevy dealership. Why? Becca, do you trust me? Yeah. And he goes, please just just do it for me. I said, okay, okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I get up there. I see my now red NSX on the showroom floor in the dealership. And I'm like, oh, so find out, you know, the guy that owns that NSX, he is the chief operating officer of that dealership. He already knows me. I don't know how he knows me, but he knows me. And so he comes down. He's like, are you Becca? And I'm like, yeah. He starts asking me questions about his car. And I start telling him all about his car. And he asked me, so what would I need to do to get this thing back to stock? I looked at him, I looked at the car, I looked at him, I said, honey, it, I would not attempt to put this thing back to stock. Um, if you're looking to go back to stock, you need to buy another NSX. And he is like, oh, and he got real sad. And I was like, or to have a better foundation, you'd be better off trading me for my green NSX because the only thing after market is the steering wheel and the seats. And he goes, are you here in it? I'm like, yeah. And he goes outside and he looks at it and he goes back inside. He goes, you want to trade? <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, <clears throat> what? I was like, what? So I was like, let me think on it. So I did a full 360 video of the car, took photos and I went home and I started looking at the car, what all's done to it, what he's uh, upgraded and everything. And I started looking up the cost of all these parts. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. Um, so I was definitely interested. I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? I, my car, my Brooklyn screen I had, that was number 17 of 25 ever made. Um, it's pretty stock. Nothing's really done to it. I know how much I had in my Brooklyn screen and the red one had so much done to it. And that's what I was going to go ahead and do to the green one anyways. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's trade. He goes, okay, let me get the title. You get the title. Come down. I've got a lot of extra shit that I need you to take with with the car, too. And I'm like, like what? He said, I've got two other sets of wheels. I've got some miscellaneous miscellaneous car parts, taillights, headlights, another exhaust. I'm like, oh, gosh. Okay. So now, speed forward. It's the day of trading. Get the car. we, We do all the paperwork. And he's got these 
these wheels that are off the car and I look at the wheels and I'm like, why am I having a deja vu moment? I'm like, where have I seen these wheels before? Shake my head. I'm like, whatever, I need to get home. I get home. I drop the wheels off. John, who is my boyfriend, he looks at the NSX and he starts tilting his head and I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, no way. And I'm like, no way. What? I'm like, is something wrong? And then he goes, hold on a second. And he goes out to the truck and he looks at the wheels and he's looking at the wheels and he's standing there for like 15 minutes. And he comes in, he goes, Becca, no way. And I'm like, what is happening? What am I missing here? He goes, look at the car. Really look at the car. I'm like, bitch, I'm looking at the car. What is wrong? <laughs> he goes, go outside and look at those wheels. I'm like, yeah, I know the wheels look familiar. He goes, Becca, go stand outside in the sun and absorb the moment of when you realize what is happening. And I'm like, I am so lost. So I go outside and I'm looking at the wheels and I'm like, I just, I just started crying. I took pictures of the wheels. I took pictures of the NSX. I messaged my buddy, Bryce St. Clair. And I said, is this, was this your car? And he comes back and he goes, what the fuck are you doing with my car? And I'm crying my eyes out. And the reason why I'm crying, the first NSX I ever saw in person and I got to sit in is the car that I now own and down in my garage. That's crazy. And just think about this. So the first time I saw the NSX, um, I was... Uh, 13, 14 years old. I just moved up to Clarksville with my uh, mom and her newly wedded husband. And I just saw it in person. There's a little car meet and I stopped by and I saw it. I didn't really know what it was. I was like, oh, that's, 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 uh, that's a neat looking car. And then I met John straight out, you know, freshman year of high school. He's was a big car guy that the done. So I rode with him everywhere, did everything with him. And then I saw that red NSX again. I got to talk to him. Bryce is about 15 years older than me, of course. And I got to sit in it, got to go for a ride. I probably can find those pictures and videos somewhere on a whole laptop that's put up somewhere at my parents' house. But yeah, the red NSX that I have right now, it's the first one I ever laid eyes on and I ever sat in and rode in. Um, that's so incredible. Just, that blows my mind. And to this day, but just a little bit about the car, the entire car was dismantled. It's been repainted formula one red at the paint code R 77. It's got a shine front lip down for side skirts. Um, I've got L's impact rear spats. I'm having a custom forged carbon diffuser made by my performance shop. The entire interior has been Rewrapped. The seats have been rewrapped with a uh, black perforated leather with red stitching. The door panels have been rewrapped with Alcantara. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Terra, um, Tara. I, you you hear it both ways. Alcantara, Alcantara. Yeah, that fabric is on my door panels, my A pillars, my roof liner. Everything is also red stitched. The dash itself, where the glove box is, and underneath has been wrapped with new leather and red stitch same with my center console and this is the crazy part 
every single thing on the undercarriage has been replaced. Every bolt, every clip, every piece of plastic, all the fender liner, everything is replaced. The entire undercarriage was also repainted. Everything on the undercarriage has been ceramic coated, powder coated, or hand polished. It's got a Tytec exhaust system. It is straight piped. I've got a tune on it where if I get it up to high enough revs, it can shoot some pretty gnarly flames. So one additional thing I'd like to mention, uh, my performance shop has confirmed with Airlift um, and D2 that I'm the first NSX in the world that is running D2 bags with an Airlift management system with the height sensors successfully installed working that goes based off the height of the vehicle with the type of trunk setup that I have. The trunk setup that I have is a floating trunk. So there's actually no uh, solid floor. I have a metal floor that has been cut out to the exact perimeter of the NSX trunk. It's been dimple dyed. The uh, huh. flooring has been wrapped with black vinyl and uh, when the light hits it, it actually is embossed with my performance shop's uh, engraving and their design underneath. And I have hard copper lines that go through the dimple dies of my trunk setup. And then underneath, I have a light show. So it's not flickering. It's actually a smooth, like wavy type of light that's red. And the, the inspiration behind that was the car was red. It was black. It looked like a badass car. And I was like, I want to name my car Hades. I love uh, Greek gods and goddesses. And I was like, you know what? I really like the name Hades. So the theme with the trunk is to be almost like you open it and welcome to hell. That's awesome. And my most favorite part that came with the car, but it is now off the car in a glass case after someone told me what it's valued at about shit a brick. I had a Jay's Racing steering wheel in the car signed by the CEO of Jay's Racing. And oh, that's cool. And Shoichi Yuhara, one of the actual designers of the NSX. Yuhara-san. Yep. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's got his signature and the CEO of Jay's Racing. Um, their signature are both on it, and it's confirmed with, like, I have a Polaroid picture of them signing that steering wheel. And someone told me what that thing is probably worth, and I was like, you know what? Nope, that is coming out of the car and going in a glass case. So tell us um, about the wrap, because it's special. I mean, everyone's wrap is cool, but yours is a little more special, in my opinion. Yes. So my wrap is going to be geared around mental health awareness. And it's the vision I had around it. People that typically have a struggle with mental health, they got a lot going on in their head, like a lot. And when I think about visually, if there's a lot going on in somebody's head, I think of graffiti. Like that's just the way I think of like a big graffiti wall. There's a lot going on there. And I know with people that struggle with mental health, that could be a good representation or a good visual of, okay, that can be like a good visual of somebody having a lot of bad thoughts. So my wrap is going to be white, gray, black in the background, and it's got slight graffiti tendencies. But on the side, it's going to say good vibes only. And then right underneath it, it says need help, 
call or text 988. For anybody that does not know this, there was never an official emergency line for like a national suicide hotline number. Before, if you needed to contact the national suicide hotline number, it's like 188. Well, because suicide has grown to be such a problem in today's time, mental health has grown to be a problem. Substance abuse has become a problem. And it all stems from mental health. Uh, NAMI, the National Association of Mental Illness, got with the um, FCC. And just like how if we have an emergency, we dial 911 and route you to your local operator. Mm -hmm. Or if you need information, you dial 411, you know, route you to your local operator for whatever. Effective July 7th, the national hotline for suicide will have its actual own three-digit emergency number, which is 988. It's amazing. And it's the it's one of the greatest pushes and movements that's happened with mental health awareness because it's a lot for somebody to sit there to type in a number and then when you get to the hotline, what state are you in? Da, right. da, 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 to con to connect you with someone locally. Now you just call this number and it routes you locally to a therapist, psychiatrist that can assist you on getting you help. Um, and that is a huge push. And because it's so new, it's so new. No one knows about that. No one is going to know about this three-digit number. So my idea is I'm not going to put this 10-plus-digit hotline number on my car. I want to push this new three-digit number because that's huge. That is. is a That is such an accomplishment. So I want to get that on my car. I want it to get out. I'm going to, I go to so many car meets, so many car shows. I want that to be seen by anyone and everyone. And then along with that, I do a lot of charity walks for substance abuse, suicide awareness, um, National Mental Health Awareness Month, which is coming up. And Men's Mental Health Awareness Month is coming up. And um, just really doing a lot to get eyes on this, get that. Um, exposure so people will know mental health awareness is a big problem. The amount of deaths per year off of suicide is so sad because it is preventable. It is curable. Mental health can be can be fixed. It can, it can be worked on. It can it is a work in progress. It does not get cured overnight. You find remedies. You find ways to control your thoughts. But no one wants to talk about it because everyone thinks if you talk about it, you're being an attention seeker. And then the yeah. moment that it does happen, people are like, I should have seen the signs. Right? I should have seen the signs. Right. I should have been a better friend. I should have been there. So I'm here to be that person. I live. My comfortability in life is staying uncomfortable. The moment you become comfortable in life, you stop making progress. You stop pushing forward. Never, ever allow yourself to be comfortable. If you are uncomfortable, you can live in uncomfortability. That be your new comfort zone and you continue to improve. And I'm all about improvement. And so my thing is with this, 
I hope to take this wrap and everybody listening, I know I got an NSX and I know most people trailer their NSXs. Not me, honey boo boo. I am not no trailer queen. I am going to be driving this car cross country multiple times with that wrap. And I hope to be seen. I hope that people take pictures. I hope people take videos. I hope people give me thumbs up. Heck, pull me off the interstate. Let's have a chat. I'll be more than willing to talk with anyone about the car, about my story, about my history, and why this is so important to me. I have a challenge for you. Yes, what's up? If you can make it happen, it would be great for you to register and attend NS Expo this year. What Do you know what month that is? I know everything about it because I'm on the planning committee. When is it? Where is it at? It's here in Phoenix. October. Yep. It's this October, October 12th to the 16th. Uh, the social portion is the 13th registration through um, that Sunday. Registration is going to open. This is breaking news. Nobody else has known this until now. So those of you listening, NSX people, registration will open in about a month. We're looking at mid-May. We'll make announcements. We do have the NSX, uh, NSX Expo 2022 Arizona Facebook group. Not to throw an ad in there, but I think it'd be awesome to not only meet you in person, but to see your car because I'm sure it'll be done by then. Yep. The car. So just a heads up, I will be attending the NSX Mideast meet that is happening over in North Carolina uh, at the end of May. My car will not be wrapped, obviously, then it, it will be how it is right now. Um, after that show. That is when I'm taking it in to see wraps. It's getting dismantled. We're prepping the paint and it goes in for wrap. And it will be there for probably a month because he said, he he told me that he's wrapped, you know, multi. But these people's cars that I'm wrapping, they're not as socially inclined as you are. They don't have a platform. He goes, so I want to take my time dismantling it. I want to vlog me taking apart your car. I want to vlog cleaning the car, prepping the surface and the paint for the wrap. I want to vlog putting the wrap on. I want you to come over, be a part of this being wrapped. Uh, You can videotape, take pictures as well. And then once we're done, he already told me that there's uh, whatever wrap company I go with, they want to actually send out a professional photographer and videographer to promote it on their website. So right there, there's exposure for that wrap, immediately putting on a wrap company's website and uh, social media outlets. And that makes me so happy. Like you don't even have to tag me. I just want the wrap to be known. Right. How can people get a hold um, of you? So anyone can get a hold of me. Literally, well, how can they follow I am you? NSX Bay <laughs> on everything. So NSX Bay on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. My email address is nsxbay at gmail.com. Literally everything is NSX Bay. And you can get a hold of me. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, like I said, I'd love to have you back on. Yes, I would. And I will always be more than willing to hop on a call quick chat. If you do video call, we can do video call. And um, if you need me to send you a picture of the wrap design for any images or like promoting this, I will be more than happy to send that your way. Thanks, Becca, for joining Hard Parking. Thanks for having me. 
So how bizarre was that? Becca, first and foremost, she has a dope in the sex. I'm looking excited. I'm excited to see what that wrap is going to look like once they actually lay it on the car, and hopefully she can make her way down here for NS Expo. Somewhere there are 13 individuals, if they're still alive, all 13. Somewhere there are 13 individuals who are going to have to live with what happened. They're going to have to live with that heinous act against Becca Nicole Johnson in the sex bay. That's bizarre, though. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, a private Christian school, even taking the Christian out of it, private school, probably a lot of booster money and funding. I mean, that's, I don't know. I just feel like there's more there. You 13 random random people attack this poor girl. There's more there. I think maybe one, two, some of those kids. You see it all the time in movies. They may have been connected. Their parents may have been someone very important to the cause. And we see it all the time. We see where athletic inst- – we see it where educational institutions try to – sweep things under the rug in order to preserve their good name, in order to preserve their money, in order to preserve whatever else. And man, I, 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 w- I wish I knew the specifics of that situation because there's some obvious questions to ask there. But that's something for 13 people to never have rolled. I think my, without knowing anything, my thought is there were probably two or three main people, and then a bunch of disciples who were scared shitless. Otherwise, how do you describe it? How do you describe that random act of violence against, I think, a seventh grader at the time? That's wild. But she's bounced back in a big way. I love her attitude. And that is Becca Nicole. Make sure you go and follow her. NSX Bay. That's B-A-E. Okay, guys and gals. Bay. Like my boo. N-S-X-B-A-E. Want to thank right Honda and right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona, foilonline.com, sell shop wireless services, Fountain Hills Motorsports. Speaking of Fountain Hills Motorsports, I have a Tesla Model 3 in my driveway right now. We're going to talk about it on the next episode with Drew Bunkley, Patreon business supporter, Cree Automotive Auto Winter Garden, Florida, and Pell Construction of Caledonia, Michigan. So if you're in a position to help this podcast upgrade, you can join my Patreon for as little as a month. For as little as $3 a month, you get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Still working on getting some shirts from Right Honda slash Right Toyota. Also want to thank Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Camina, and the aforementioned Drew Bunkley, all financially carrying the show a little bit. I've bought a new uh, microphone arm. It's the Heel, H-E-I-L, Il, Il, Heel, Heel. H-E-I-L-P-L-2 or something like that. I don't care for the arm that I'm using right now. It's a swing around. If you've been in my studio, this is actually the microphone you use. When you're not here, I use it all the time. But I have a microphone arm, and it kind of bounces and vibrates. And I just want to upgrade to something a little nicer. This is one of the like starter $20 ones. And it's because of your finances that I'm able to do that. So for that, I thank you. If you have anything for the show... Podcast at gmail.com. You have any suggestions for guests, hit me up. Drop those Q&A questions in the Hard Parking Violations Facebook page. I use them on the show. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's jfinning, J-H-A-E, 
J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. My name is on the show, in case I said that too fast. Or J-Travels, J-H-A-E underscore travels. Subscribe to the YouTube page that I never have an opportunity to upload new videos. I think I'm averaging like one video every six weeks. And that shit ain't gonna cut it. It's not gonna cut it. But remember, I can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. If you've listened to it the first time, if you like the show, please, for God's sakes, leave me a review. Especially if it's on Apple. I like reading those. It makes me feel good about myself. We all want to feel good about ourselves. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And I will be chatting with you all next week. A beater. Shut up!